You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on this season of Bachelor in Paradise and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 365. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Haven't done one of these in a while. We are answering your reader emails for this podcast, and we'll get to those momentarily. Want to start off by saying this. The Daily Roundup is now up on your Reality Steve podcast feed. However, I haven't recorded it yet. I'm recording this one first, so I can't really tell you and preview what's on it. So go listen to it. I haven't recorded it yet. This is kind of weird. It's almost like back to the future-ish. I'm in the future telling you about something that hasn't been recorded yet. Does that make sense? Probably not. Um, I will say about this particular podcast, and oh yeah, the Sports Daily is up as well if you're interested in sports. I will say this about this upcoming podcast. I asked you a couple days ago to either email me, DM me on Twitter or Instagram, and I would answer your questions. What I did was I cut and pasted everything into an Excel file right in front of me, or a a Microsoft Word file right in front of me. I haven't read any of these yet, so I'm going to be reading these live. I probably should have done some editing, but I want to get this done before I go record the Daily Roundup and the Sports Daily later on tonight as I sit here on Wednesday afternoon recording this. So if there's a question that I start reading and I was like, oh, this is a repeat, then I'll just stop and be like, okay, I already already answered that one. But I basically just cut and pasted all your questions. And there's a lot of them here. There be, might be some that are, I, I got to believe there's a repeat in here somewhere. So um, bear with me. I'm just going to sit here and read them. This is the first time I'm even looking at them. So my answer is going to be right off the top of my head, which I'd rather do. I don't like having canned answers. And, oh, I read it beforehand, so I'm going to script this answer out. No, I don't want to do that. So I just saved them all, cut and pasted them. They are now sitting in front of me on my screen, and I'll just go in order uh, from when they were sent to me. And we'll just kind of take it from there. So I just wanted to give you a little intro as to how I'm going to do this particular podcast. And since there are so many questions and I have no idea how long my answers are going to be, some will probably be longer than others. Some are going to be really short and just be like, yes, no, and maybe a sentence or two after that. So I have no idea how long this is going to take. So why don't we just get started? All right. Question number one or first reader email. Sorry if this has already been answered somewhere. I haven't found it. Curious if you know, did the show pay for Aaron's flight to Fiji or did he have to pay for his own flight? Seems like that would affect someone's decision to give it to another go. Hey, free trip to Fiji. Who would say no regardless of what happens? Also, not that my opinion matters, but three hours in one night is a bit much. I simply feel bad for recappers like you. It's a lot of work. Personally, I don't even watch the shows anymore. I enjoy reading about it and laughing about the commentary. Thank you very much, Steve. Actually, that reader email was probably something that was saved back when Charity's Finale was airing, and I saved it in my reader email folder thinking I was going to do a written reader emails during 
Bachelor in Paradise and Golden Bachelor season, but since it was on Thursdays, I told you the whole explanation behind that. So um, that's why that question was in there. That did not come in the last two days. That that's an that's an older one. I'll answer it, but of course the show paid for Aaron's flight. You know, they're not making anybody pay for their own stuff. Everything on the show is done a certain way. So just remember that it's done. Everything, nothing happens. Very few things happen organically on this show. Aaron came down because the producer said to him, Hey, why don't you go down to Fiji and try and win her back? You know, that's how it works. All right. Second one. This starts questions that have been sent since Monday. Being that Joey and Leah are from Hawaii, don't you think they should have mentioned the devastation from the fires? Same goes for Jesse. This was a live show, so obviously they are aware. Oh, sorry, that question was from back during Charity's finale. Yeah, they probably should have. But, you know, that's their choice not to. Um, Here's another one. Actually, this is the third one that was from that. This is it. So let's go to, okay, these are questions. <laughs> see see what I mean? This is what I get for not editing this uh, beforehand. So here are the questions starting now from what happened, uh, all questions that were sent in since Monday. Hey, I've been thinking about Taylor Swift and how you said when she and Joe broke up that it takes someone super famous to hold their own beside her. It seems like Travis Kelsey fits the bill. I know you're all about Swifties tapping the brakes when it comes to talk of rings and marriage for Taylor, but I wonder your take on why she hasn't been married yet. You look at superstars like Britney Spears or J-Lo or Julia Roberts and multiple marriages are common. I personally think it's kind of impressive that she hasn't resorted to it for publicity, especially since she seems to know how to use the media to highlight her insane talent. As a fan but not a diehard, I'm rooting for her happiness and love seeing the footage of her happy. Also, what are your thoughts on the insufferable narcissistic windbag's time on Special Forces? You haven't mentioned him much. I know you don't like to give him any attention, but I wonder if your perspective on him has changed since watching the show. Lastly, more of a personal question about your podcast. Do you have a team to help you edit and post it or you do it all yourself? Three very good topics. Let me go into them one by one. First off, when it comes to Taylor, I'm not going to answer for her as to why she's not married. I have no idea. And it, it, it could be she's just very picky. And obviously someone like her, as famous as her, I, like most people, I think she probably only wants to be married once. So she wants to make sure she finds the right person. I it's a very hard question to answer. I don't know specifically why. But, yeah, I do believe there are a lot of fans out there, including yourself, including myself, that want to see her happy. And I'm not saying. All my coverage of Taylor and Travis and saying let's tap the brakes and everything, and, you know, all I'm saying it is because we're at the three-month mark, maybe four months, you know, I don't think you truly know somebody until you're at least six to nine months into the relationship. And that's when I think you really can make a determination. Is this someone I can see myself with long term? The three month, four month period, you're still in the honeymoon phase. Just you just don't know them well enough. So when I look at it, while I am cheering for her happiness and I'm cheering for them, I'm just being realistic about it. I just don't think that he is the guy she's going to end up marrying. I could be dead wrong. It's just my opinion. I don't know anything, but I'm just sharing my opinion since they are literally the number one couple that everyone is talking about any chance they can get, even if it's ridiculous stories like the ones I reported the other day where Abigail Anderson, Taylor Swift's best friend, liked a photo of the story covering Taylor kissing Travis at the end of her concert in Argentina and her best friend tapped the like button. 
and they made a whole story out of it. They didn't interview her. They didn't ask her anything. But she tapped the heart button on an Instagram post, and he decided to do a story on it. That's the stuff I think is totally getting carried away and ridiculous. It's almost like that's hindering their relationship because every single thing they do is scrutinized. But I guess when you're Brittany, Brittany, I guess when you're Taylor Swift, everything you do is going to be scrutinized. And so maybe this is a different approach that she's taking because all of her past relationships she has been way more private about than this one. Doesn't mean she wasn't happy in those, but seems to be that's what people think, is that she's so much more happier in these, that's why she's being public about it. Or maybe she just changed the way she was going about relationships because when she kept them so private, none of them worked out. So now she's like, well, I'm gonna, let me try it this way. Let me be public about it and let me show my affection to my lover in front of everybody. I, I don't know. I, we only know what's going on uh, publicly. We don't know what's going on inside of her head. I don't know why she's never been married. I don't hold it against her. Just because she's 33 and not married means nothing to me. But I'm just trying to be realistic. Like, hey, let's just let's enjoy what they're doing. Let's give them time to still get to know each other. They're not spending a ton of time together because they are two very busy people. You know, this isn't Bachelor in Paradise where Taylor and Travis are down on the beach and every single night they can go to bed together until filming is over. I mean, how many times have they spent together in the four months they've been seeing each other, talking, a couple, all that stuff? It's still probably very little because ever since July, this guy's been knee deep in football outside of last week when you get one bye week a season in 18 weeks. He's never going to be able to go to any of her concerts again until his season ends, whenever that may be, either January or February. After that, when she's got most of her international tour starting in February of 2024, that's when his season ends. We'll see. Maybe he'll go on her whole trip with her. I have no idea. But I'm just being realistic about it. I'm not being negative, just being realistic. The second part of that question was, what were my thoughts on Nick um, being on Special Forces? Uh, you know, um, I, I give credit to anybody that goes on that show. I, I, I have not criticized him once for anything he has said or done on that show. And there really is no reason to. While I don't like the guy personally, and that has to do with nothing that I've seen on TV, nothing that I've, I mean, I don't like some of the stuff that he has said on his podcast, but my dislike for Nick has everything to do with my personal interactions I've had with him. Whereas other people will say they hate other people just by stuff that they've heard or see on an edited television show. No, I don't like Nick because of how he has treated me personally and my interactions with him, my text messages with him, my email exchanges with him. Just don't get a good vibe from the guy. And I think he thinks he's above people. And I look down on people like that. So, but as for special forces, none of that comes into play when talking about special forces. He's doing his best. Looks like his body's shutting down a little bit, and it is kind of tough for him, and that's fine. So that's my take on Nick when it comes to special forces. Credit for doing it, because I couldn't. And lastly, they asked about my podcast. Do I have a team to help edit or post it or do it all myself? No, this is all done by me. I'll sit down usually sometime after 10 o'clock Central Time every um, night, Sunday through uh, Thursday, and record both the Daily Roundup and the Sports Daily. 
I record it, and unless I know that I had a major, major audio malfunction or screw-up, I don't edit it. It's saved into an MP3 file. I label it and upload it for Daily Roundup, 7.30 Eastern, Sports Daily, 8.30 Eastern, and then I go to bed. That's my night every night ever since July 11th, 2022. I record both of them at night. Now, on Sundays, I'll record the Sports Daily earlier because all my games have ended. I usually record that one around 6, 6 6 or 7 Central Time because all my games that I gave out as plays have ended by that point. So I usually spend the first 5 to 10 minutes talking about those games and then my thoughts on the weekend. So that's where I'm at with those podcasts. Next question. Why wasn't Andy at Chris Harrison's wedding? Are they still close? Tough one for me to answer. I have no idea. I know they're friends, but who knows what the answer to that could have been. It, it, it might have been, you know, once Andy got married and Chris was secure with Lauren, they just drifted apart. They could have had a scheduling conflict. I have no idea why Andy wasn't at Chris's wedding. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Curiosity. Have you ever heard during filming of a front runner who ended up winning or a front runner who lost? I think I remember you saying Lauren from Ben's season and Rachel from Matt's season. Past season, since I know you are still working on this one, keep up the great work. Gosh, I'd have to think about that one for a minute because, you know, when you say in your email, I, re- I think I remember you saying Lauren from Ben's season and Rachel from Matt's season. That sounds familiar to me. But off the top of my head, if you say that I said it, I believe you. And it kind of rings a bell because, you know, when there's so many seasons and they just run back to back to back to back, as I've told you numerous times, I just forget a lot of things that I report. And I forget how I got that information. There are some things I could tell you right off the bat how I got that information, a spoiler for a certain season. And then there are some times if you were to ask me, how would you ever get that from that season? I'd be like, damn it, I don't remember. So for this I believe you're right. I did say Lauren and, and Rachel were frontrunners on Ben and Matt's season, respectively. But was there ever a frontrunner I heard that didn't end up winning? I'm sure there was. Yeah, but I just can't remember right now off the top of my head. Here's a question that we're probably going to get a few of regarding to the Clayton situation. Steve. Are there any recent photos of the woman who is pregnant with Clayton's babies? I don't understand how there isn't more evidence to show that she is or isn't pregnant. Blows my mind. Hey, 
it blows all of our minds. There's so many things about this story that don't add up. To answer your question, recent photos of the woman who was pregnant with Clayton babies, not that I've seen. I don't think anything has been sent to Dave or Clayton. And if you say, like, hasn't she sent a belly pic? Yeah, she has. But in this situation, with this person's track record, that's not good enough at this point. Not to mention when we saw, because I did get a belly picture before hearing one, which was end of October, where we were watching during the live stream. And there were things that happened during that live stream that to the naked eye makes you believe that she isn't pregnant. She'll tell you differently, but this is the questions that we have. So to answer your question, no. I have not seen any recent photos. Here's a basic question, but looking like, oh, I know I included this one. Favorite and least favorite seasons of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Also, hi from New Zealand. I listen to the Daily Roundup every day. That is fucking cool. I'm sorry. I've said this before. And it really drives home every year at my Vegas party. And I record, like I just said, I record every night. And it's just me sitting in my office talking into a microphone. There's nobody here. I just, this is what I do. It's my job. And clearly I can see the downloads and I see that people listen and download my podcast and listen to it. But it, doesn't really strike me as the host of this show that people are actually like, I don't know, caring or paying attention to what I say. You know, it's just it's very weird to think that there are people out there that I, I, I don't know how to explain it as a podcast host. It's like, yeah, I know I have an audience. I know people listen, but it's really weird. I don't know, sometimes to get feedback and people taking what you say and saying it had an effect on them or something like that. Because when I'm just talking into a microphone, I'm not thinking about that. I'm just talking and giving my opinions on things. And it just doesn't dawn on you really that other people really take it to heart, you know? And for this particular question, the fact that somebody in New Zealand is listening to me, it's just, that's fucking crazy to me, you know? Good day, mate. Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. That's Dumb and Dumber. I hope you realize that. I know that's not how they talk in New Zealand. (laughs) Next one. Hey, Steve, just wanted to know your thoughts on the potential future for Golden Bachelor. I actually found the tell-all episode to be kind of refreshing in compared to the ones on the other three shows, but I kind of thought that the self-elimination and the reasons for them were a little more concerning and more real, if that makes sense, than what we are used to seeing on Bachelor and Bachelorette. Perhaps companionship could be the goal more so than marriage under the circumstances, but even then, finding common ground on where to live, etc., is not so easy. Is the show doing well in ratings that you know of? Yes, this has been discussed a couple times in recent weeks on the Daily Roundup. Golden Bachelor is killing it. It is the most watched show this franchise has put out since COVID, beating every single Bachelor season, beating every single Bachelorette season, and beating Bachelor in Paradise. This particular season of Bachelor in Paradise isn't even drawing half the audience, and it comes on right after Golden Bachelor. It's been a godsend for them, which means there's no way they're not bringing it back next year. Now the question then becomes, 
do they do a Golden Bachelorette? Or are they going to do a Golden Bachelor? Or somehow are they going to do both? I don't know if they can fit five shows into a calendar year. I mean, clearly filming you can because it only takes this. This show only filmed for three weeks. It was like end of July into August. Uh, maybe beginning of August till the end of August. And we know Bachelor filming is eight weeks. Bachelorette filming is eight weeks. Bachelor in Paradise is three weeks. Golden Bachelor's three weeks. So you could throw in another three-week show, but where do you air them? Because they take eight weeks to air, depending on how many episodes you want to do. So you have five shows. Two of them have 10 to 11 episodes each. Bachelor in Paradise has 12 to 16 sometimes. Like That's where I don't know if you can fit a Golden Bachelor and Golden Bachelorette in the same calendar year. So we won't know, but do I think there's going to be one or the other next year? They'd be stupid not to, considering this is a ratings draw for them. I've been wondering this for a while. When talking about Clayton's case, you've encouraged listeners to not reach out to the woman claiming he is the father of her twins. You have spoken about how she thrives on the attention and even said people should talk about it amongst themselves but not post about it because she would love that. I'm not sure what your relationship was with Clayton before this suit and you know and know you are close with Dave Neal, but why do you continue to give her and this case so much airtime? You have a far bigger platform than your listeners and tweeting about the case and talking about it on your podcast frequently, wouldn't that get her revved up? The The direct answer to that question is because... This case is absolutely 1,000% a case of First Amendment rights. The reason they keep talking about it is because here you have a woman who is trying to silence people from talking about a public case. We're going to keep talking about it because there's nothing wrong with talking about it. There's nothing wrong with giving an opinion on a public case. It's no different than if the Internet was really around during the OJ case and somebody had a podcast around that time. And every day, watch CNN for eight hours and watch the trial and then recorded a podcast at night. Only this isn't on CNN, but it is public. And there are things that you can get off the Internet to talk about this particular case. That's what this is about. What I'm saying is she doesn't need to be harassed, even if you don't believe her stance, which I don't. Dave doesn't. Clayton doesn't. Pretty much 99 percent of the Internet doesn't. But just don't attack her for it. Just Talk about it amongst yourselves. Talk about it amongst your friends, how crazy the case is, and what about this, and what about this? I can't believe this with her. That's fine, but don't message her. She has been claiming harassment to the point of she's going to the courts to try and get a name change in the state of Arizona. Okay. You know, again, I don't want her to be harassed, but she is very she's very diligent about posting receipts and giving me and Dave receipts of things. I would like to see the receipts of the harassment that she's been getting, because if I hope it's more than people, you know, calling her a liar and we don't believe you and stuff like that. That's not harassment. That's just people giving an opinion. If she is getting death threats and her family's being contacted, absolutely, that shouldn't be happening. But I also want to see it because she just says things that we're just supposed to 100 percent believe. And that's just not the way things work nowadays. Not in 2023. You need to start providing receipts of these things, and I wish she would. But, again, I have no idea where the case stands with her, the family case, all that. Um, I told you yesterday in the podcast I've changed my stance with her after she emailed me when I didn't ask her, and I said, fine. 
If you want your truth out there, then let me talk to you live. Either I talk and we record it or we record a podcast because I don't want to be misquoted and I don't want you to be misquoted because I don't want to have a conversation with her off air, type out all of her answers and just relay to you what she said to me because the second it's not the, the second I say something, even though I would relay everything she said word for word, she'd probably find something and say, no, I never said that. That's why I'm just like, no, 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 if we're going to talk. It's going to be recorded. And we both know it's going to be recorded. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, try and sneak it behind your back. No, you're going to know it's being recorded. You can record it on your end. I don't care. That's the whole point. Like if we do a podcast, she can't claim she was misquoted. She can't claim she didn't get her story out there. That's why I'm fine with it. Let the other people judge, which is what she wants. She wants her truth out there because she doesn't think Dave and I are giving her a fair shot because we're siding with Clayton. We're siding with Clayton because of all the evidence that has been shown to us. We believe his side. I think that's fair. That's why I keep talking about this. She's trying to infringe on our First Amendment rights to speak about this case that's public. And if we don't say what she wants us to say, she's coming after and suing people. It's sorry. That's bullshit. Doesn't work that way. Next one. What do you consider a successful bachelor relationship? Carly and Evan, Ashley and JP? Huh. Honestly, I've never really thought about that. I guess I guess within the context of this show, a successful relationship within the context of the show, I would consider it a marriage. Whether that marriage lasted or not. If you got to the point where you actually married each other, I'd consider that successful. There might be people that disagree with that. There might be, you know, court let's say Courtney and Ben Flanick. Perfect example. Got engaged on the show, had some rough patches, but they were together for a full year. They had a full year-long relationship. Is that considered successful? Within the context of this show, probably not, but in the overall grand scheme of things, if it wasn't show-related and Courtney Robertson and Ben Flanick dated for a year and they were never on TV, I'd say both of them would probably say, I I I had a successful relationship with that person. That's why when you say successful, it seems like you're already framing it in the context of the show. So to me, it would mean that an engagement that happened at the end of this show, those two ended up getting married. Or at least staying together for a long time. Perfect example, Caitlin and Sean Booth. They were together three years after their show ended, but they never got married. They lived together. Is that a successful relationship from the show? I guess it all depends on what your definition of successful is. I don't know. I bet you some people would say, yeah, that's a successful relationship. And some people say, no, I don't know. So that's one way to look at it. All right. Next one has two parts to it. Number one, do you think Taylor and Travis PR are PR or real? I just don't see him putting his family through a PR stunt. And the second part was, do you let me preface this? My deep thought that Tana is my Roman empire. But after Tyler C said on a podcast, he talked to Hannah before going on the show. I feel that's when Adam kicked in the engagement plans. Let's be honest. Tyler has the life in Florida by the beach that she truly wanted. Meanwhile, she can't even be excited about an engagement in my opinion. Okay. Let's address the first question. First part of this here. Do you think Taylor and Travis are PR or real? Kind of like the last question about what's considered a successful relationship. I don't know what people mean when they say, is this a PR relationship 
or is it real? Are you saying like they don't even like each other and they're just staging, hanging out, holding hands, kissing after concerts, him flying to Argentina just to get attention? If that's what you're saying, and I guess that would be what people consider a quote unquote PR relationship. No, I don't think that is what is going on here. I think they like each other. I think they're very interested in each other. I also know that they're four months in and they're still in the honeymoon phase. So to me, honeymoon phases of a relationship are that are exactly that. They have to get past that point. And then when somebody starts living together, I think obviously it gets more serious. They're dating. They're two famous people that are dating. But I do think they like each other. And I don't think this is being done for PR because neither of them need PR. It's not like she needs to promote her new tour or her new album. So she wants to date somebody famous, which definitely happens in the industry. And he is arguably the greatest tight end who's ever played in the NFL. He doesn't need to be like, yeah, I want to latch on to her so I can get more pub. No, he doesn't need to. Second part of this, this person is, Tana is their Roman Empire, meaning they think of Tana and Hannah and Tyler a lot. Tyler C. said on a podcast he talked to Hannah before going on show. I feel that's when Adam kicked in the engagement plans. Tyler has the life in Florida by the beach she truly wanted. Meanwhile, she can't even be excited about an engagement. Okay, there's a lot of assumptions being made here. And I, first off, I did not know. When, when you say he went on a podcast before going on the show, are you saying he talked to Hannah before going on Special Forces to know what it was like? I'm guessing that's what you're talking about, but I don't know for sure. And then because Tyler C. got on a phone call with Hannah to talk about special forces, that's when Adam decided to get engaged to her. And then again, this seems to be an assumption or just an opinion. Tyler has the life in Florida by the beach that Hannah truly wanted, and she can't be excited about her own engagement. So now you're saying that Hannah Brown is is not excited that she's engaged to Adam? I mean, this is this is a lot of speculation. I'm not going to touch this because I don't know enough about this. Who's to say that Hannah isn't excited about her engagement? That seems to be your opinion, your opinion, because you said Tana is your Roman Empire. So clearly it seems like you want Tanner and Hannah. I keep saying Tanner, Hannah and Tyler to be together. So you're going to kind of put down Adam in the process. Next one. This one's got uh, five parts to it. First one, big brother. When Jag spoke and answered questions forcefully, owned his actions and contradicted Matt's claim that they made strategic decisions together, did you change your prediction that Matt would win? My favorite player was Corey, as he played hard but went out as a good sport and gave a shout-out to Cameron's daughter in the final plea. Sari was not a choice for me as she got too arrogant early in the game, didn't use the edge of having her son in the game, and led the charge to kick Heisem out early, hurting her side of the house. Not sure why Cameron won, but he did win some key competitions, caused some chaos, and was a good narrator. Yes, I actually have the text messages to prove it as I was texting someone during the Big Brother finale saying Jag is basically boat racing Matt in these answers. Matt is not doing himself any favors answering these final questions and giving his final final speech. So, yes, I did think during that, wow, Jag is almost pulling a Taylor Hale here at the end where he's killing it and knew exactly what he wanted to do and laid out his strategy, whereas Matt was just kind of going off the cuff. And even he said in postseason interviews, he wasn't ready for that. Tom Sandoval, as I don't watch his show, I don't have negative feelings about him beyond questioning his wearing of white nail polish on special forces. 
in your eyes, does he get some redemption from his appearance this season on Special Forces and Mass Singer? I didn't watch Mass Singer when he was on it, so I can't really speak to that. For this, I just think this is completely different because he's coming across as a guy who has been humbled in his life because of the scandal that happened last season on Vanderpump Rules. I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that he still did what he did. And he had a, a girlfriend of nine years on Vanderpump in Ariana and cheated on her with her best friend behind her back. So I, they're two, they're apples and we're comparing apples and oranges here. Uh, the challenge, some really bad gameplay in the first couple episodes by those sent home in the double episode. It did amuse me that people with similar names went home. Hahui and Huey. <laughs> I, I'll always mispronounce that girl's name. Hahui, Hahui. I, I don't I don't know the non challenge aspects that interest me are bananas, non girlfriend, girlfriend cheating on him so quickly and Kylan announcing his autism from the sneak peek. I like that former champs have a financial incentive. Anyone other than Horacio standing out to you as potential winner. Don't say big T. Yeah, um, Mariah, I don't know has bananas address this on. I, I don't think they're together. Mariah hooking up with that guy on the show when she still has feelings for banana. I don't know what their situation was. I can't imagine bananas was in a monogamous relationship with Mariah and she went on that show and cheated. I'm sure they were just hooking up. She still had feelings for him. She felt kind of bad, but she's in a house with somebody else that she was attracted to. I don't fault her for hooking up with that guy. And considering what bananas has done in the past to my good friend, Morgan Willette, you know, karma is my boyfriend. There you go. Uh, Kylan announcing his autism was very, very uh, brave of him. Very cool that he did that. I had no idea. Never had heard that. I like that former champs have a financial incentive. That seems to be what it is. Basically, every former champ is going to come in every week during the arena. And if they beat one of the competitors on the show, the total pot loses 10000 And I think that mercenary that comes in gets the 10000 So that's a good twist. I like that. Other than Horacio standing out to you as a potential winner. No. <laughs> Honestly, no. I, I think he's a stud, and I think he's going to win. And I think you can all pin it back to the poster for the season where he's literally the main focus of the poster. But maybe it's not that easy. No, I don't think Big T is going to win. I know this is probably wildly inaccurate, but the internet estimates Banana's net worth as only 200K. It estimates Wes at 500K, possibly 5 million, if you count business investments. Okay, I'm going to be very vulnerable and honest with you here. I've always heard the phrase net worth, and I've never understood what the definition was, so I had to Google it. The definition of net worth is the value of the assets a person or corporation owns minus the liabilities they owe. Okay, I don't know enough about Banana's life. I do know that he has won over a million dollars just on the challenge alone. He clearly has a merchandise line. He has a podcast. He's got multiple forms of income. So saying his net worth is only $200,000 seems to be way, way low. I'd be surprised if his net worth was that. So there's my answer there. Wes, again, I don't know. I know he has other forms of income as well. So I, d I don't know what his deal is. And finally, the fifth topic in this email, Golden Bachelor. In the lightest sense of the word villain, would you argue that 
Jerry Season's villain for telling three women. Jerry is this season's villain for telling three women that he loved them. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're going to jump all over Clayton for doing what he did during the rose ceremony from hell and that ending of that season with Susie, Gabby, and Rachel, why aren't we doing the same and holding Jerry to the same exact standard? So yeah, technically, I guess he would be the villain. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 150 40 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, next one. Any news on the Alana Scott drama? Do you know who any of the girls are that her stories refer to? Okay, for those that uh, weren't following back when we covered this, um, Alana Noel, former Bachelor and Bachelorette producer of recent seasons, was dating another producer on the show named Scott Marson. She has since had a very major falling out with him because she found out a lot of things he was doing behind her back, cheating on her, among other things. He released a very immature caption on his email when he on his Instagram when he hard launched his new girlfriend. So Alana has basically just gone scorched earth on him and has exposed him for really being a piece of shit. So one of the stories, she had two parts to a podcast, uh, Recipe for Crazy. You can look it up on Apple Podcasts. Go check that out if you want to listen to it. It's hard for me to explain the whole thing because there's so much tea in it. But she is telling stories about things that happened on the show and people that Scott was involved with, contestants that she was involved with, that he was involved with, but she never says any of the contestants' names. However, there is one story out there that she does tell about at one of the Women Tell All tapings one of the contestants goes at another contestant for once she got back from filming, hooking up with a contestant from another season. Well, if you put two and two together, we know exactly what that was because that's only one particular women tell all on one particular season where a woman sat up on stage and told another girl, like, I got back from filming and I was depressed. I was upset. I lost weight, couldn't sleep. And you went out and fucked so-and-so. So, that's the only one where, while Alana didn't say the name in the podcast, we know who she was referring to. But there's other things, there's other accusations in there that she throws in in regards uh, to her ex-boyfriend, Scott Marson. It's full of tea if you want to go check it out. There's two parts to it. I covered part one. I have not covered part two, but that was in part two where I was like, okay, now we're getting somewhere because we know who she's referring to in this. And basically... Um, she referred to that story. Um, we know who those two names are. There's no need to, you know, bring it up. But women tell all one contestant sat up there, one woman, and accused another woman on stage of sleeping with somebody else when they got back from filming. 
Let's just say it happened in the last two seasons. You know who it is. So that's that. Next one. I've been a Bachelor fan for a while, but just started listening to your podcast last summer. I know you cover other reality TV shows. Have you mentioned or cover, thought of covering Real Housewives? I'll answer that right now. No, because I don't watch any of them. For shows like Special Forces, Traders that bring on former Bachelor contestants, how do you think that is decided? Based off their following on social media? I was just surprised that Pilot Pete will be on Traders. He doesn't seem to have a huge audience like others. JoJo, Caitlin Bristow, Tasha. unless I'm wrong. I'll answer that. I mean, they kind of throw out a blanket to a lot of contestants. And look, the people that are on season two of Traders are people that have been on numerous reality shows before. Yeah, Pilot Pete's only been on two. He was on Hannah's season and then had his own season of The Bachelor and then carried on his own season of The Bachelor after his seasons ended filming. We all know that. Um, But I don't know why they reached out to him. I mean, they just gauge a lot of people in the reality TV world. He was obviously popular. They're not going to reach out to, you know, a night one woman who's never been on a, a show outside of the one night they were on The Bachelor or a night one guy. Uh, who had never been on anything other than one night of The Bachelorette. So, no, I think that's that's fine. Um, it's standard. They do that, as my dog barks in the living room. I don't know if you can hear that. Paradise. I'm assuming Canadian Sam was a breakout star on the Canadian version, but so far she hasn't done much. For me, the only big surprises from last week were Tanner choosing Rachel over Davia, Braden's girl bailing out, encouraged by producers, or to free up a rose for Olivia, and the poop baby birth announcement. Yeah, I mean, Paradise has been pretty lackluster for me this season. I don't get too much into it. Um, it's just, I just don't think there's enough star power on this show. And the storylines, they spent too much time on the poop baby storyline with um, Samantha only because it ended up being nothing and she ended up leaving. Um, they, they've completely edited out certain storylines were I don't want to say edited out but kind of glossed over certain storylines you know because didn't we see after Jess and Blake had their kind of hey I want to see other people thing and Jess went out and made out with Tyler they haven't even addressed it since so I don't know if it's gonna be brought up again but it's kind of a big deal Tanner choosing Rachel over Davia now granted we did see Tanner having a conversation with Rachel and kissing Rachel, but he was goo goo gaga over Davia during their date. So it doesn't, it just seems like, okay, Rachel, Rekia, former bachelorette, is she really going home in episode four or five? You know, it could be one of these things where it's just like, yeah, you'll stay on and we'll, we'll figure out a way to keep you on the show. And that, that happens on the show. I'm not just making that up. Next one. Been wanting to ask you this for a while, but I think I'm probably not a typical reality Steve listener. I'm around 50. And back in the early 2000s, I was a daily listener of the Jim Rome show, probably a casual clone. I've been following your website and listening to the podcast for the past five or six years. And it wasn't until about a year ago that I realized you were the same Steve phone slap that was on the Jim Rome show. Question is, are you still friends with Jim Rome? And have you ever thought about having him on your podcast? Harry from the ATL out. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you say that now because I used to get that more back when reality Steve started to blow up that people were not realizing reality. Steve was Stevie Carbone phone slap Stevie from LMU. Same guy from the Jim Rome show. Yes, that is me worked for Jim on the show. 1997 to 1999. God, I can't believe that was 24 years ago. I worked on that show, 
But um, am I still friends with Jim? I mean, we're not enemies. We just, I, I have no reason to contact him about anything, and he has no reason to contact me. But I do remember, I think I sent him an email two or three years ago that he responded to. And I've been on the smack off up until the last two years. I haven't been in it, but I still participated once a year. If I were to reach out to Jim in an email, would he respond? I think so. Have I ever thought about having him on the podcast? You know what? I never even thought about it. Maybe because I think that maybe because and this is maybe um, where maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit here, but there's a part of me that thinks that he wouldn't do it. So I don't want to ask. But maybe that maybe that maybe I'm selling myself short. Maybe he would. You know, I feel like Jim's done so many interviews that we don't need to bring him on my podcast to talk about his career. It's just it's been out there forever. The guy's been in radio for 30 years in the Radio Hall of Fame. Like it's almost like like I'd have so much to talk to Jim about but yet so little to talk to him about, you know? Like what am I going to talk to Jim Rome about? If you want to hear his takes on what's going on in sports, just listen to his show. I'm not going to talk about working for him 24 years ago, although there is one story I would probably share. I don't know. I I think it's a possibility. If I can maybe get him for 30 minutes, I'd I'd do that. Thank you for bringing that up. I might might reach out to him now. Thank you. All right, um, next one. On Almost Famous podcast titled Go for the Gold, November 10th, Ben Higgins gives his theory on the future of the Golden Bachelor and Bachelorette. He thinks Golden will not be greenlit, announced, or filmed for a couple years to leave room for the main Bachelor-Bachelorette shows to play out and die off. Then they will bring back Golden Bachelor and Bachelorette. The conversation starts at the 58-minute mark. What are your thoughts on what Ben says? First, I'm hearing of this, so I'm going to take your word for it that that's exactly what his take was. And if that is exactly what his take was, I would say I don't agree with that. Why would they get rid of their best show in three years, the most watched franchise they've put out since COVID and put it on the back burner until Bachelor and Bachelorette are done. Doesn't really make any sense to me. So I don't agree with that. All right. Next email has four parts to it. First one, how are you doing personally? How's Luca? Any hobbies dating? Personally, I'm doing great. Thanks. (laughs) Luca. Great. Uh, any hobbies is rewatching old seasons of 90210 considered a hobby if so that's the current hobby i'm into right now just finished season six last night gonna be starting season seven soon senior year of college a lot goes on there a lot remember brandon never gave up his ring that he offered to Kelly at the end of season five. She finds out about it. His girlfriend, Tracy, finds out about it. It's a whole thing. That happens at the end of the season. You have Donna's stalker at the television station early on in the season. Evan, that guy was a real creeper, holds them hostage at gunpoint. I mean, Jesus. I mean, this, <laughs> there's a lot of good storylines uh, from season seven that I'm about to start watching. So how did I get on this? Oh, you asked me about uh, hobbies. Yeah, <laughs> I guess watching old uh, 90210 uh, seasons or hobbies. Uh, Dating anyone? No. 
Part three, with the Clayton story being top of mind, since I always listen to your daily podcast, I can't help but wonder what Ashley Spivey would say about all this. Are you still in touch, friends, with Ashley? I love her, still follow her on social media, even though she's moved away from the franchise. Uh, yeah, Ashley and I are still friends. Texted her on her birthday a um, few, day, uh, few days ago. She texted right back. Um, watch all of her stories on Instagram. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, some of the baby stuff out there makes me cringe that some of the people put on their Instagram stories. I can't get enough of Ashley feeding her adorable daughter, Penny, every night food. <laughs> I, I can't, I could watch videos of that nonstop. The, you know, and so since I'm going to credit Ashley uh, for doing that in terms of baby content, the other one in this franchise that I can't get enough of baby content wise is Jen Saviano's son, Wilder. I think that guy is a hoot. <laughs> like that kid is hilarious. I love every video she puts out of him. I even told her one time, probably about six months ago, I was like, Jen, I think you need to do a compilation video because it was when he was still younger. He liked hiding. He liked hiding under the covers. He liked hiding behind the curtains. He liked hiding behind doors. I said, Jen, I think you need to put a compilation video together of just wilder hiding. I don't think she ever did. She didn't listen to my request, but I remember reaching out to her and saying that. She's like, oh, interesting. Glad you like it. But um, those are just two. I'm not saying I don't like others, so don't make it into something that it isn't. But uh, those are two things that I really like in Bachelor Nation world of people with their children is I could watch <laughs> Penny eat food nonstop. I think it's great. So, yeah, Ashley and I are still friends. We just don't do a weekly live show together, so there's no reason for me to contact her. And, you know, back when we were doing the Instagram live every week, remember, she did not have a child at that point. So her life was way less chaotic I don't involve her in anything unless something major comes up where I really feel like Ashley is the only person I can go to with this particular issue. I don't really bother her with anything regarding Bachelor Nation because she's removed herself from it. She's got a child now. She doesn't need this. Anything that I have to say Bachelor wise in her life. But could I text her and she would text me right back? Absolutely. Because she did uh, on her birthday a few days ago. Uh, sports related. This is the fourth thing about this uh, email. I'm terrible with listening to the podcast, a sports daily podcast, as religiously as your daily pod. Would love to know your thoughts on Marquette's basketball team. They played Illinois last night, close for most of the game, but they pulled out the win. The team always has a decent program, but this feels like this could be our year. Do you think their ranking is legit, possibly overblown so early in the season? I know uh, so much can happen, but would love your thoughts. I mean, Ranked number four in the nation is really good. Do I think they're good? Yes. I can't wait to watch them in the Maui Invitational next week. They're going to get some really good tests. They open with UCLA. They could play Kansas in the second round. Uh, you know me as a college football basketball nerd. I'll share my uh, Maui Invitational story with you next week if you're interested on the Sports Daily because the Maui Invitational is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. But um, I love their backcourt. Um, I love the backcourt of Tyler Kolick and Stevie Mitchell um, and Cam Jones. I mean, they, that is a three-headed backcourt that when we know when it comes to tournament play and in the NCAA tournament, teams that make a deep run usually have very, very experienced and strong backcourts, and Marquette might have the best backcourt in the nation. Oso Ogadaro down low, love him too. I think they're good. To say, are they going to win it all? It's so early to say because it all depends on seeding, what region they're in, who's in their bracket, how they're playing at the end of the season. I mean, it's just all a, a guessing game at this point. But after what happened last year in the NCAA tournament, to say that Marquette couldn't make a run would be ridiculous. Fuck. Florida Atlantic got to the Final Four last year. 
San Diego State got to the Final Four last year. Miami got to the Final Four last year. And UConn, you didn't have anybody that was a top three seed make the Final Four last year. So keep that in mind. So it won't even matter when it comes to seeding. Did you ever tell us your Halloween costume idea when you were dating Kat? Oh, (laughs) you know, it was Kat's idea. And then she's like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. And it was, um, oh, oh, what's her name? It's that one, she's kind of, I don't want to say she's gotten canceled, but kind of in hot water for some of the things that she said. Like she used to do porn. Oh, what was her name? And she, and when Chad Johnson was in his porn phase, he would post videos with her. And I think they did film a porn together. Uh, Whatever her name was. Kat wanted to go as her and Chad Johnson. (laughs) And I was going to play Chad Johnson, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, and then it was right around the time where she said something, uh, that, that woman said something pretty controversial, and I was just like, yeah, we're not, we can't do that. She's like, yeah, you're probably right. So we didn't do it. Uh, besides Chris Harrison, is there a podcast that you listen to quite religiously? Uh, I think you meant that sarcastically, since I haven't listened to Chris's since his first two. Um, all my podcasts that I listen to every single week are all sports and gambling related, so No. Do you watch any shows and get overly invested? My example, sometimes I can't believe there's not a real hospital in Seattle called Seattle Grace. Do you yell at the TV or DM anyone? Sports don't count. No, I don't yell at the TV and I don't get overly invested on a serious level. Do I get overly invested on a hypothetical level? Absolutely. Like when I watched Back to the Future on November 12th, because that was the date that Marty went from 1955 back to 1985, and did I backtime the movie so that when the clock tower got struck by lightning at 10.04 p.m., it was also 10.04 p.m. my time? Yes. <laughs> but that's what I mean when I say, like, I'm not serious, just having fun with it. But also, while re-watching Back to the Future for the hundredth time, I came up with four hypotheticals that I texted my friends about. So that's what I mean, where it's just like, hey, remember in Back to the Future about this? Well, you know, it was almost like nitpicking things um, that uh, and that's what I do for movies that I've seen a billion times. I'm just looking for stuff that I've never seen before. And I'll point it out to my friends in text messages. So I did that uh, the other night on November 12th for Back to the Future. I had four really good like, wait a second, if this happened now, granted. You have to understand, we're also watching a movie about time travel, which isn't real. So you're still watching a movie under the premise that you have to accept this as real. And then I'm like, within that realm, here are questions that I have and can this be explained and whatever. So, um, yeah. So, no, I don't uh, get overly invested on a serious level, more so on a joking, making fun of level. Wild theories on Endgame of Clayton's Accuser. What a mess. Well, I I don't think that we can put out real theories out there because there's only two things at this point that that can happen. She has the babies or she doesn't. That's really it. She's 26 weeks along, according to her. So if it's real and she's 26 weeks along, which I don't believe she is, with Clayton's at least, you know, your guess is as good as mine. But... If you put thought to it, I think you know where this is headed. 
Hey, Steve, just wanted to write a comment. I know you receive comments asking why you don't have certain spoilers at any given moment. I just wanted you to know that there are people that happily wait and appreciate any information that you do share and understand it's an ever-evolving process that can take time and patience. Things change every season, and I truly understand that and really appreciate roundups on my morning drive and always look forward to share spoilers. That's always a treat. However, you do such a great job, and when you share spoilers, that's just a bonus. Loyal listener here who appreciates any information you share with no expectations. I know this is where to go to get information, and I know that has been thoughtfully and professionally pursued. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for the email. It's good to hear that every once in a while because most of the time it's just me getting shit on for not having information three seconds after something happens, you know? Um, I know what part of the internet that's coming from, but when it's like nonstop and everyone has short-term memory, when it comes to the amount of spoilers that I give every season, does it get frustrating? Of course, but you know, it's nice to get an email like that. So thank you. Here's a quick one. Do you think the Georgia Bulldogs will three peak this year? My answer? No, just because I'm going to side on 90,000, 90,000. It's been 90 years uh, since that has happened. So uh, 80 or 90 years since someone's ever won three in a row. So no. Hey, Steve, originally I was going to ask you about your predictions on the current SEC West division for next year. However, after hearing your podcast this morning and learning that you enjoy the movie Coming to America, which is my favorite movie, I want to ask you what your favorite scene in the movie is. Okay, we could talk about this for an hour. I mean, the one that I talked about in yesterday's podcast, which was sexual chocolate. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, it's an all time classic. I mean, I quote coming to America with my friends nonstop, whether it's, you know, I have a date with Lisa. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> if you're a prince, I'll marry you. Um, when you think of garbage, think of Akeem, um, everything that Daryl said, which was highly, highly offensive. Now, uh, it, at the basketball game to Akeem, we could go on and on. You ain't never met no Dr. Martin Luther the Kang. I mean, anything in the in the in the barber shop. I mean, if you ha- if you're asking me one particular scene, I I think the scene at um, a sexual chocolate singing um, Whitney Houston, Randy Watson. I, I just I can't ever not laugh at that. It's so good. I was really disappointed in coming to America, too, which I probably knew I would be. But, yeah, uh, it just wasn't. I, I understand what they tried to do, but it just wasn't as funny. Hey, Steve, originally I was going to ask you about your prediction. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I must suppose I, I did that twice. That's coming to America one. Okay, next one. Hey, Steve, you say often in your podcast, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift will not get married. Why do you think that? Because opposes, uh, Because opposites can attract and they could end up married. You say it with so much certainty, but you just never know. Well, I mean, it's. It's coming out of my mouth, so clearly that's just my opinion. I don't know anything, but they are the hottest couple in America that everybody's talking about, and people want my opinion, and my opinion is, no, I don't think they're going to get married. If they do, great, but in the moment right now, my opinion is I don't think they will, and that's all I'm saying. I don't know anything. Only two more left here. What are some of your favorite Disney movies and when you were a kid? If they've done live action, what do you think? What do you think of live action Disney remakes? I liked all of them. I'd probably say Lion King was my favorite. The live action remake, really good. Like that as well. What are some of the favorite movies you took your niece and nephew to when they were kids and when they were teens? Again, every time I took them to a movie, I enjoyed them. There wasn't one that I was like, this sucked. 
I literally liked all of them. Would you take your niece to a hockey game? Um, we've been to many hockey games. It's her favorite sport. I mean, she's obsessed with it. So we have definitely gone to hockey games before. However, she doesn't care for the Dallas Stars. So when she's home from college, we don't go to Stars games. I take her to a lot of Mavericks games. We've been to probably at least 15 to 20. What's your favorite sports um, to watch? College football, college basketball, NFL. Did you like the last and recent trilogies of Star Wars? How does the original trilogies, 4, 5, and 6, compare? Okay, I think I'm pretty much in the majority here when I say 4, 5, and 6 will always be the best because that's what I grew up with. New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. 1, 2, and 3 were fucking terrible. It was, a, it was an abomination those were even made. I understand it was part of the story, but they weren't very good. I hated all of them, like with a passion, did not like them. Revenge of the Sith is the only... Uh, yeah, it was the only one where I could possibly give it some sort of okay, but overall didn't like it, but I understood it. The first two, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, not very good at all, in my opinion. The other ones that came out, I just didn't like how there wasn't a lot of structure. I didn't like the fact that, I mean, I thought J.J. Abrams taking over for Force Awakens and giving us that. I remember being in the theater and how excited everyone was and everyone walking out so happy then the fact that Ryan Johnson got the second one, which was number eight, um, it's like the two directors didn't talk to each other. And it's just like, OK, I, I never understood that, how that works. Like if a new director is going to come in and do his movie, does he have to follow a certain guideline? Like, hey, it's your movie, but you got to keep this in place because in the next movie we're going to do this. And it seems like nobody, the left hand wasn't talking to the right hand. And there was so much disjointed storylines that. J.J. did seven, Ryan Johnson did eight, and then didn't J.J. come back and do nine when someone else dropped out? And it just wasn't, it wasn't correct. And just so, while I liked them way better than I liked one, two, and three, um, four, five, and six, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and, Re and Return of the Jedi were just, uh, those will always be classics. And finally, we end with a Clayton question. What I do not understand about Clayton's trial is how does the judge allow this to continue without an official pregnancy test from a doctor's office or a sonogram? If not produced, the case should not progress. Your guess is as good as mine. I don't understand the family portion of this. And while this is, woman is 26 weeks pregnant now and it has not been established that one, she even is pregnant and two, that it is Clayton's baby, she, babies. She has not proven any of that. So I mean, in her eyes, she's proven she's pregnant, but she was asked about it in the hearing. You have yet to prove, provide any information, any concrete information that Clayton is the father of these children. And all she says is, well, that's because I have sent a sample. It's still ongoing. It's a process. That's her, been her answer. So I don't understand either. While a family, like while a judge has not said, look, I'm not continuing with this case until we find out because, yeah. Once Clayton is revealed to not be the father, there's no reason to ever talk about this ever again. Other than to say, this woman has been lying. Now it's proved she's been lying for six months. So, um, I don't know why that hasn't happened yet. And finally, also, are you ever going to go back to the written column? I liked it so much better as you did not follow all the shows you talk about in the podcast. The written column only happens during the Bachelor and Bachelorettes and Bachelor in Paradise seasons. Well, I shouldn't say that, Bachelor in Paradise, because I'm not writing about it. It's on Thursdays. But come January, we're back to recaps on Tuesday, reader emails on Wednesday, podcasts on Thursday. And same thing when Bachelorette airs next summer. But that's when I write. 
And that's basically the way it's always been. I never write in the off season. This isn't anything new. So I hope people can remember that come next year. Anyway, thank you all for listening. We are done here. Thank you for all these emails. Some good questions in here. I hope I answered them thoroughly for you. Thanks again for listening. Um, I really appreciate it. The Daily Roundup is up. Go check that out. Sports Daily is up. Go check that out. We're back tomorrow with yet another Daily Roundup and Sports Daily. So, again, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for sending in these emails through my email address, Twitter, Instagram. Appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.